Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You are listening to Troubadours and Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. Welcome to episode 259 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have featured a conversation with regular contributor, writer, community activist, baker, and candlestick maker, Kitty Bell. Kitty Bell and I talk about our relationship, a misunderstanding, friendship, fear, being brave. We talk about people that pass on, how they're still around. We talk about carrying the banner, the mantle, the mystery of Don, Don Noel, a good man. We talk about how our ancestors want us to be happy, how fear is an excuse and expectations sometimes are crazy. We talk about being overbooked and several other really interesting ideas as well. Great conversation with Kitty Bell. We have an EWSA by yours truly titled Good Man. And we have several readings from our associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavis. And these are readings of Edgar Lee Masters from his Project Part One, River Anthology. And uh, we'll read The Hill, or he reads The Hill, Hod, Putt, Holly McGee, and Fletcher McGee. We also have a poem called Mystery. All of this, of course, as is always the case, will be imbued, infused with the energy and verve of several great tunes. Let's get to it. Episode 259 of Troubadours and Rock On Tours. Last night and a few good hits from an inner pipe that I must admit I had a few white lines and I don't know what all happened I woke up in the noontime light with a pounding head Shining on my eye and I don't know how and I don't know why But it feels like fierce abandoned All working on a building out of hand-hewn brimstone Working on a building and I'm building on it all alone Cause he ain't no count Anyway, I've been rambling round And led astray by the paths that I've been choosing Cutting paths like a forest fire Pupils wider and backhoe tires Throwing my money on a funeral pyre But it sure feels good abusing All working on a building out of hand-hewn brimstone 
working on a building and I'm building on it all alone Well, there ain't nobody in my room tonight Good night, honey, honey, sleep tight Tomorrow I swear I'm doing alright When the evening comes around, I swear to God I saw Mr. T at the YMCA just the other day. He was my fifth grade gym teacher, and he built us up with regular doses of machismo-based positive talk. I still appreciate it. He looks older now, less of a presence, I suppose, but he still has a significant aura to me. He taught me a bit about how to behave and how to feel good about myself. Also, about how to be responsible for myself. One of my sons and I refer to it as carrying your own weight. I guess the message and lesson continue on. I, soon after seeing Mr. T, heard Sad news about another significant male figure in this life. Don passed on. He is a respected elder in my world. He taught us about community, about history and human politics, about farming, about blended families, and what a good socialist beard looks like. He, Mr. T, my uncles, and of course my father, the men in my community, all have taught and continue to teach me what I think it means to be a good man. I guess that's the plan. A person who makes a positive difference and one who is just there, someone you can count on, I cherish each of them. And I haven't even yet mentioned the important women. I'll save that for another time.
Kitty Bell, is that you? Yes. Is the sound quality okay? It's wonderful. Oh, goody. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for fitting the conversation in. I know you're uh, not at home, so I appreciate it. 
Uh, yeah, just a little bit out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, it's it's just too much, you know. We try to do everything, and we forget that there are limits. Yeah, I I, I think you're probably right on to something there, and and maybe we'll get into that during our conversation. I know we initially had planned on uh, talking about uh, fear and about being yes. brave. Uh, yes. And a couple other ideas. Uh, and, I, you know, this is a cool opportunity, though. I mean, you and I have been friends and associates for a long time. Yes. And I'm happy and proud to say that. And and then today we had this conversation uh, scheduled for the radio program, Troubadours and Rock On Tours. And, and uh, a bit of a scheduling snafu occurred. And that tests... <laughs> That tests the 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 relationship, you know, yes. that we have. And <laughs> I, I, you know, I think we our relationship weathered it pretty pretty well. Uh, we're still talking. Yeah, you know, I think I'm just I don't think clearly when I get tired, and if just one of the things I like about you. <laughs> <laughs> and that I think that we have been friends is that, you know, there's a history of it's kind of relaxed and laid back. And sometimes I forget that that has limits, you know? Well, I, I'm not I'm not saying that you're completely uh, at fault either. You know, I. Oh, I, I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> I take full credit for that. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you. But, you know, at the same time. You know, if if people are working together, there are parameters and there are certain things that we have to assume. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, a healthy relationship is one of understanding and flexibility as well. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, and you sort of have to take somebody's word for it if something's just too complicated to explain. Sometimes that they're that they still respect you and they're not just, you know abusing you know a trust oh yeah yeah exactly and uh, people are probably wondering what the hell happened what's going on well, <laughs> well <laughs> am i that dramatic <laughs> no no it, it's good Drama's good um she, you know you have uh, another you scheduled another meeting with someone and yeah. i perceive it as as more of a social meeting and i could be wrong about that and i and I'm thinking, well, you know, we scheduled our radio conversation well in advance. And I'm thinking, well, what the heck? Yeah. Why'd you do that? And, and Yeah, because, you know, it used to be, yeah, it used to be noon. And now it's one and I forgot. I don't know, because you forget what time things are. And when you say one thing and then you forget that you did what you did. And then somebody really needs to talk to you and then you're like what well, who, <laughs> what do who, i do now who do so i let down you do had I... a you had a running uh time of noon in the past to yes. meet your friend and now yes. it, it moved uh, it moved up to one thirty, and that threw you off yeah well because i teach until twelve fifty now and i keep forgetting that and I just went through a red light. <laughs> oh my god don't get sideswiped <laughs> on the way <laughs> i won't it's okay the guy in front of me went, so I went too, and yes. the light changed in between us. Physics doesn't care about that. No. Nor I don't do think the, the cameras do either. No. Uh, <laughs> no. 
So the other person that you were supposed to meet, did they are, are they the person that you're talking about that really needed to talk, or am I the person that really needed to talk? Well, I think both were feeling equally as important to me. Yeah. How do you... And, and then the one, it's like I already said one thing, and then I, I know it's too hard to explain. Maybe we should talk about stuff that people want to hear. No, this is interesting. People, it's, uh, you know, but we could go on to something else. I hope I didn't mess up that other, you know, you're not another person not too mad. Uh, but you did hang with them a little bit, right? Yes. Okay, good. So you, you're, you're such, you're such high demand. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, within everybody wants the same time slot. <laughs> I guess. I have the rest of the night, but nobody else does. You know? Yeah. I have all yeah. night, but everybody wants the same window. Well, nonetheless, you are someone in demand because you're cool. You got things to offer, and I appreciate offering these things on our program here regularly, Katie Bell. And, you know, just to let people know who Katie Bell is, too. That was a nice intro. She is a writer, a community activist, a baker, and a candlestick maker as well. And uh, today, <laughs> We are going to discuss what it means to, to why why do we fear and what it means to be brave. We're going to start with, and I know you yeah. want to talk a little bit about a movie that you saw that kind of okay. speaks to these issues, right? Yeah, I do. But you know, real quick, <laughs> when you talk about what it means to be brave, you know, and I just wrote this in assignment for my writing students, was that that means that they need to be vulnerable. That's showing their lack of fear. As far as I'm concerned, you know, if you're brave, you're saying I'm going to expose the soft part of myself to you and um, and take what comes. But um, anyway, yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's that's really being brave. Putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like I, I read them a piece that I actually did for a story slam years ago. Um you know, which was revealing for me to share with my students, you know, cause I'm trying to give them the courage. Cause if I can do it, they can do it, you know? And if I could say, go ahead and make fun of me when this is over, hopefully that will encourage them to take that risk that they're afraid to take. And, and did it work in that way? I don't know. I'll tell you when I get the essays back. Oh, so this is <laughs> happening right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was this morning. <laughs> I like to surprise them. They have no idea what's going to happen when they come into class. Oh, that's um, good. I'm sure they like it to a certain extent. <laughs> yes. But the example that we were talking about earlier in the week, uh, the uh, beasts of the Southern wild, um, that small child, six years old, is being you know, consciously groomed by her father to be able to survive you know, as a, as an animal in a wilderness where you either eat or get eaten. Right. Right. And that's because her father perceives that that's where the world is going or that that's right. the world. Yeah. Well, cause he's dying not to ruin the movie. I think it make it pretty clear at the very beginning that he's going to die. Um, and so, there's all of these terrifying, scary things happening all around. But the scariest thing for her is to be orphaned, you know, to live without him as her protector is, you know, scarier than the rising floodwaters and having to leave her home and move somewhere else. 
So being independent, I mean, she is six, but I think that carries on throughout your life. Sometimes, you know, people are always that six-year-old. Yeah. Well, you, you hear it, too, especially when they talk about the loss of their parents. Um, I That we're children again. And, you know, I had some people at work this week preparing something for a funeral. She had just lost her dad who weird way I happened to know who he was. And, um, but you know, you know, part of me realized like, you're never going to be ready for that. No. <laughs> you know, like I think, Oh, I'm not, I don't know what I would do if this were to happen, but like, eventually I'm still, I'm never going to know what to do. It's just one day my sister and I are going to have to deal with it. Right. I mean, and we're always going to feel like small children, you know, and, uh, you know, I hear from people, too, when that does occur, then you, you feel a little bit more like an adult because you're, you know, that person that was making you, uh, you know, putting you in that role consciously or just by nature as a child is gone. So now you're, you know, you're literally for real without them. You're on your own. And, you ha- and some people say they feel more like an adult at that point. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you see that in stories. Like, you're going to have to be the man of the house now. Right. Or the woman, or the matriarch, or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. One of the thing that I, we were talking earlier about how our schedules are tight today and the misunderstanding and such. One of the reasons I have to have our conversation now is because after this, I'm going to spend time with a really good friend of mine whose stepfather just passed away. And oh. and he also, for me, is a significant male figure in my life. He's a very good man, very, very good man. Sweet soul, you know, just a, an intelligent, wise man who walked the good walk. And I feel, you know, like one of these icons, uh, a male icon in my life has just passed on. And that, that's weird for me. It, you know, it makes me feel a little like a kid again. And a little sad, like a kid, because I looked in my mind, even when I'm, even when I'm not physically around him, I, I, he's a reference in my head as what would he do or what would he say? I wonder if we're talking about the same person. <laughs> that would be weird, right? Yeah. His first um, name is Don. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, my yeah. God. Isn't that weird? That makes sense, because I was just thinking of, like, the things that he did and how I know him or knew him. And that just clicked. Yeah. Wow, that is so odd. That's cosmic. Yeah, they came in to put a like a board together with all the photos on it and stuff, and um, we we had a a really interesting conversation. That's the one great thing about working at Staples is that you you really are there to help people in moments when uh, you know they need help. That is in so- ways. That's yeah. so wild to me, though. So we're talking about the same gentleman, Don. I'm, yeah. He has a, uh, and you knew, you you know somebody in his family, or just helped the family out. Yeah, no, they just came in to to make a poster board with pictures on it for the service or whatever. Would it, does he have like a? Did he have a gray beard? Yeah. Yeah, it's Don. Yeah. Oh, that, I'm going to hang out with his stepson and uh, and his wife right after our conversation here. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, back to where we were. Uh, that's wild to me, though. 
Uh, this is not staged at all. This is so cosmic. <laughs> um, and uh, he's probably having a laugh wherever he might be right now as to how he's he's uh, he's involved. Well, I think in that's this. one of the things that his daughter. I don't know if there were two daughters or they. Yeah, that were there realized in just you know me saying like I knew that guy. <laughs> you know, is it how many people that he's touched that they didn't even they weren't even aware of how extensive his energy went. Yeah. That's really wonderful. That's really wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, we have to, we, we fear losing people like that and we have to be brave when they do pass. Mm hmm. And, and we have to continue on and hopefully we're prepared. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I think part of, part of the fear is that, you know, then because they're, I don't know, people are always still around somehow, like their, their energy is still with you. The things that they taught you are still there, but now like y you have to be responsible for what they've left you for their legacy. You know, it's like you're, you have to step up, make them proud of you even, even a greater way. Because there's no more time to, I don't know. I, I kind of lost that. No, no. I, I love where you're going. You know, you do look at a sense of responsibility in your own self to keep their legacy and some of the stuff that you respected uh, and you cherished about them that they yeah. re revealed to you or they shared with you. You want to keep that stuff going because they're physically not here anymore. But in a way, they're still here if you keep that stuff going. And you want right. to. If That's you, what you loved about right. them. Right. If you, you need to be like, wow, what would they want me to do in this situation? You know? I think that's why the the Japanese cultures and, like, they're so in touch with the, the ancestors. You get this sense that they're, they're still there. You know, they're not physically here in body, but they're... They're as present as long as we continue to honor them and make them present with our actions and, and our words and what we do. We only lose them if we lose sight of that. Right. And I mean, when you look at uh, our species and as our civilization, as we go on uh, for thousands and thousands of years, everything that we have with us in some way has been passed on. Uh, you know, it's just, it continues. And you, and you hope, uh, generally, we have kept alive and nourished and, uh, you know, uh, embraced the better aspects of what's been passed down, more so than the negative. And, 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 and uh, you know, as time goes on, it's more and more of the good stuff and less and less of the bad stuff that we're capable of as a, as a species. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. I've seen people like just break down crying because the they a parent that's not around anymore, and then they'll say it was five years ago that they lost. <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, and I, I would think they probably don't want you to be carrying on like this still after all that time. Like, I don't yeah. know. My yes, I, yeah. They would I, want you to move on with your life. Yes, they don't want you to be sitting around sad and depressed. You're right. I mean, if they love you, they want you to live a vibrant life, a happy life. Yeah, by all means, miss me, but not that much. Right. 
Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah so then the, the fear is an excuse, you know, for not, for, cause our fear of failure, right? We don't want to, I don't know. We'd rather not act than not reach some expectation that, that we have or somebody else has. Expectations are crazy, you know? Yeah. Yes, they are. And I like where you, where you just went. You know, the fear is based on when someone passes and you don't want to let go of your, you know, sadness and move on and, and take on the mantle, so to speak, as we were talking about earlier, as to all the, the, the good stuff that they were sharing and they they uh, emulated. You're afraid you can't do it or or you're scared that, it's too much for you to do, uh, or maybe you don't understand it. I don't know. Uh, that's that's where the fear must must lie. Yeah, mm -hmm. or maybe just lazy. But laziness too. That must come from a fear of some sort. I think so. Because kids, for the most part, you don't see a lot of lazy children, right? Do you? More so now than a lot of people would would argue than in the past because there's more there's more uh, opportunity to be lazy. But okay. yeah, I, I think though I know where you're going. You know, uh, kids if given the f full freedom that that they would take, if not otherwise manipulated, would would go. They'd be all over the place without mm -hmm. much fear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times that laziness is because we can't have what we want, the way we want it, when we want it, you know? So it's almost like stubbornness. Well, I'm not going to do anything then, you know, somewhere in the back of our heads, we just like, we're, you know, pouting in the corner or something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's stubbornness or it could also be, there's so many choices. You don't know what to choose. So rather <laughs> than choose anything, you choose nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you sit on the couch and watch, you know, whatever. Your yeah. phone, your TV. <laughs> yeah, that, that phone is like a drug, isn't it? Like. Oh, yeah. You are listening to Troubadours and Rock on Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. And, uh, like, I'll be, like, reading articles or something. But there's just there's something about the way you know, it's like not that I'm doing activities that aren't healthy or productive or but like I, I woke up the other morning and I must have read three dozen love poems. <laughs> Valentine's. Instead of, yeah. Instead of getting up and getting out of bed because I was like looking for something like I wasn't finding the right one or the the, the thing that I wanted to read. It was going to like inspire me or like set my brain on fire or something. So I just kept reading more and more and more and I kept clicking to more. And, and then I finally like something happened and I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Like, what time is it? <laughs> how long have I, I, how many poems did I just read? Like, I need to put this phone down and, and like get on with my day. There, there's something about the technology and the way that it delivers content to us that, it's just, it's very addictive in, a, in an unhealthy way, I think. Yeah, 
It is. It's almost like it's it's like sugar and salt, you know. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's an, an immediate sort of buzz, and actually, it's worse than sugar or salt. If you eat enough donuts or enough potato chips, your belly's going to start hurting quickly, and you're going to stop. But you, you know, uh, the visual stuff via the phone or television, you can do that for hours and hours, and just get empty almost. You know, and not right. even know what to do next. Right. And I mean, in a perfect world, reading poetry for a couple of hours is not a problem. No. <laughs> but but when you're not doing the things that you're supposed to do, <laughs> you know, and, and getting things done on time, then that becomes an issue. Yeah. No, I think you're, the poetry part, I think, is healthy. I do. I, I guess I was more talking about the inane stuff when you're just doing Facebook or Instagram or or you're, you know, you're just uh, cruising the, the news websites too much of that uh, is is not healthy but yeah you can read poetry for a long time i think it that's probably spiritually and uh, psychologically intellectually very very healthy but still you got to do your other stuff yeah that's what i mean like to just lose time well, i don't know i guess yeah in the past we were able to do that maybe i'm just overbooked <laughs> I think you are overbooked. That goes back to where we started in our conversation. Yeah, doesn't it, though? Mm, I don't know. I don't know how to say no, you know? Well, yeah. Sometimes. I, 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 I'm, I'm wondering now when we, when we talk about the fear and bravery, what, you know, we, we probably have about five, six minutes or so left. How, okay. We 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 mentioned putting yourself out there as sort of being uh, bravery, and I guess not saying no. Is that is that bravery too, or is that is that cowardice because you don't want to stand up and say, or laziness or fear based because you don't want to say to somebody and hurt their feelings or get you know a negative pushback by saying no. Yeah, I don't or, know. I think it's all of the above depending on the the situation or like I sometimes it's I feel like these things are beyond my control. You know, I just got asked to do a a play in the park and it's something I started working on and like I've been, you know, I'm in school, I'm working, I'm teaching. I'm doing so much right now that I really kind of need that break at the end of the semester to like recover. But like, I already committed to doing another project because like, I feel like I'm supposed to do it. And if I don't do it, then I'm, yeah, I'm letting somebody down or I'm not, you know, reaching that potential. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I I can understand that fear. You know, you think, well, I'm maybe missing an opportunity here, too. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do this now, I'm not going to be able to do it another time. Yeah. Like, I stalled long enough. Yeah. And what does that connect to? You know, your legacy? Your, your, you, you, you uh, accomplishing things that you feel you need to accomplish? Fitting in? I don't know. Yeah, I think sometimes we just let other people tell us what to do and who to be and, you know, what do you need from me? Okay, that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And that could be dangerous. You need to 
kind of say, like, I understand that this is what you want from me, but, you know, run the risk of being selfish and saying this is what I need for myself. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah, for me, I think, like, with with that play, like, I sort of want to, I was looking for an excuse to do it anyway. And then when I got one, (laughs) it was it was too good. It was too good to, the story is too good to, to pass up, right? Yes. The, like, that's what's supposed to happen now. So you, you are going to do it. Yeah. Despite the fact that you might need a break. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe you're right, though. Maybe it'll pay off. In other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I'm considering also writing a paper about that for a conference. (laughs) See, yeah, maybe this is you being brave. You're putting yourself out there. Maybe saying I need a break was actually being fearful of putting yourself out there. It was an excuse to stay away from something that you maybe should should be getting into. Yeah. Well, I mean, and is it wrong to work all the time? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think you need a break. I, I do, I, but I yeah. work a lot. I work a lot as well. I don't, and, and maybe I, I'm sure this is something I should reflect that. I, I don't feel comfortable without something to do. Yeah, and if you enjoy what you're doing, and if that's it, replenishing in a way, because it's not the same thing that you were doing, it's a different work. I'm justifying it, but um, um, yeah, it's. I, I heard recently that successful people are people who uh, agree or begin or start to do something before they feel like they're ready. Yeah. You know, they say yes, even though they have no idea how they're going to pull it off. Bravery. And then they figure that out. They figure that out later. Bravery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but okay. Because <laughs> if I don't say yes, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, exactly. And if you wait for everything in your world, in your mind, to be aligned exactly the way it needs to be before you'll do it, you may never do it. That might be just a bunch of excuses, uh, you know, to keep yourself from from actually embarking on on, on a journey, on an effort, on a project. Right. Um, Yeah. You know, we're we're tricky people. We're kind of of funny, too, people, human beings. Uh, But... Uh, you know, I feel I'm starting to feel bad now. I'm wondering if I, you know, our conversation for for Troubadours and Rock on tour is your segment, your regular segment, Kitty Bell, do tell. If I, I I forced you to to have a conversation with with me today when you should have been spending downtime with a friend, another friend, maybe a friend no. that could, you know. I, I hope I, I didn't do that to you today. No, we 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 were done. <laughs> it was okay. Oh, good, good. I was just I, trying to. I, I just thought I could squeeze it all in. You know, and you did. Uh, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> you did. Congratulations. <laughs> as long as you're not mad at me, we're okay. I am. I not pulled mad it off. You. I am not mad at you. This is a joyous conversation for me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Good. Thank you. And I appreciate your patience with me. No, Kitty Bell, you're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out, uh, fitting us in today, and uh, I look forward to talking with you many, many more times in the future. Yes. Me too.
All right. Well, enjoy the rest of whatever it is that's coming up, and uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yes, and I'm glad that you're going to be there for Donald's family today. Yeah, I'm going to go up there right after I hang up with you. Good. God bless they're really, Don. They're really great people. Yeah, they are. This Which one's for you, a... Don. This one's for you, Don. We, we dedicate this conversation to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Take Thank care. you. Whenever I feel afraid, I hold my head erect and whistle a happy tune so no one will suspect I'm afraid. While shivering in my shoes, I strike a careless pose and whistle a happy tune and no one ever knows I'm afraid. The result of this deception is very strange to tell. as well I whistle a happy tune and every single time the happiness in the tune convinces me that I'm not afraid make believe you're brave and the trick will take you far you may be as brave as you make believe you are Project, Part 1 Readings from Spoon River Anthology Originally published in 1915 The Hill Where are Elmer, Herman, Bert, Tom, and Charlie? The weak of will, the strong of arm, the clown, the boozer, the fighter. All, all, are sleeping on the hill. One passed in a fever, one was burned in a mine, one was killed in a brawl, one died in a jail, one fell from a bridge, toiling for children and wife. All, all, 
are sleeping, sleeping, sleeping on the hill. Where are Ella, Kate, Mag, Lizzie, and Edith? The tender heart, the simple soul, the loud, the proud, the happy one. All, all are sleeping on the hill. One died in shameful childbirth, one of a thwarted love, one at the hands of a brute in a brothel, one of a broken pride in the search for heart's desire, one after life in faraway London and Paris, was brought to her little space by Ella and Kate and Mag. All, all are sleeping, sleeping on the hill. Where are Uncle Isaac and Aunt Emily, and old Towny Kincaid, and Savegni Houghton, and Major Walker, who had talked with venerable men of the Revolution? All, all are sleeping on the hill. They brought them dead sons from the war, and daughters whom life had crushed, and their children fatherless, crying. All, all are sleeping sleeping on the hill. Where is old Fiddler Jones, who played with life all his ninety years, braving the sleet with bared breast, drinking, rioting, thinking neither of wife nor kin, nor gold, nor love, nor heaven? Lo, he babbles of the fish fries of long ago, of the horse races of long ago, at Clary's Grove, of what Abe Lincoln said one time at Springfield. Hod Putt. Here I lie, close to the grave of old Bill Pearsall, who grew rich trading with the Indians, and who afterwards took the bankrupt law, and emerged from it richer than ever. Myself grown tired of toil and poverty, and beholding how old Bill and others grew in wealth, robbed a traveler one night near Proctor's Grove, killing him unwinningly while doing so. For the which I was tried and hanged. That was my way of going into bankruptcy. Now we who took the bankrupt law in our respective ways sleep peacefully side by side. Ollie McGee Have you seen walking through the village a man with downcast eyes and haggard face? That is my husband who by secret cruelty never to be told, robbed me of my youth and my beauty, till at last, wrinkled and with yellow teeth, and with broken pride and shameful humility, I sank into the grave. But what think you gnaws at my husband's heart? The face of what I was? The face of what he made me? These are driving him to the place where I lie. In death, therefore, I am avenged. Fletcher McGee. She took my strength by minutes. She took my life by hours. She drained me like a fevered moon that saps the spinning world. The days bent, went by like shadows. The minutes wheeled like stars. She took the pity from my heart and made it into smiles. She was a hunk of sculptor's clay my secret thoughts were fingers. They flew behind her pensive brow. 
and lined it deep with pain. They set the lips and sagged the cheeks and drooped the eyes with sorrow. My soul had entered in the clay, fighting like seven devils. It was not mine, it was not hers. She held it, but its struggles modeled a face she hated, and a face I feared to see. I beat the windows, shook the bolts, I hid me in a corner, and then she died and haunted me, and hunted me for life. see you anymore at least not the way I saw you before we're caught up in traffic the landscape changed life is confusing and people are insane can we be happy for a while can we just sit here Shut up and smile Been talking for hours Forgot what we're saying Life is confusing And people are insane Life is confusing And people are insane Yeah could see you smile Wish we could forget ourselves for a while Whether your heart is wild Or if it's been tame Honey, life is confusing And people are insane Life is confusing And people are insane Yeah Oh Mystery. Life has a devastating mystery to it that, if not handled correctly, could drive any otherwise sound mind mad. We need simultaneously to be independent and willing to commune with other people as well. Work and live together and sing, cry, laugh, and lift, lay down, alone, and intertwined 
as we are another set of fruit off the vines in this time for all time. Baby, don't go
And there you have it, episode 259 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, this week's featured guest, our regular contributor, writer, community activist, baker and candlestick maker, Kitty Bell. So nice to talk with you, Kitty Bell. I also like to thank our associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavis, for sharing with us the works of Edgar Lee Masters. And thank you to Edgar Lee Masters for writing such wonderful pieces. I also like to thank these musical artists Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, Tyler Childers, Jimmy Cliff, Kelly O'Hara, Jake Lucas, Ted Sperlinger Orchestra. Langhorn Slim, Jim James, Terrence Blanchard, and Brantford Marsalis, too. And a very special thanks to a good friend and a person who was a great artist and community activist in northeastern Pennsylvania and beyond, Mr. Don Knoll. May you rest in peace, my friend. Until next week, enjoy... This one. Thanks for listening.